Hi, this is Regaline Sabat, also known as Gigi. You're listening to Walk With Me podcast. My guest today is Aaron Ozi. Aaron Ozi is a best-selling American poet and children's author who has penned over 10 books since 2011, writing his first anthology. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate your time. You're welcome. It's an honor to have you here today. Now, why don't you start off by telling us about you and where you are from? Yeah. So um, everyone, my name is Aaron Ozi, as uh, Gigi had uh, already mentioned. Uh, I uh, am living out of the uh, northwest suburbs of Chicago. That's where I grew up. Um, I have uh, different uh, residencies throughout the U.S., but I specifically stay here in the Midwest because that's where uh, I was brought up. And, uh, you know, it's where I uh, enjoy most of my time with family and friends. Uh, but Aside from that, I am the uh, uh, author, uh, producer, and director of Regulus. So, um, and we'll talk a little bit about today, uh, you know, how Regulus came to be and, you know, why it's uh, turned into this uh, international children's phenomenon, as, you, as most have put it, um, you know, as of today. So, I love it. Tell us more about Regulus and your vision behind it. Sure. So um, just to give everyone a brief synopsis about what the uh, story is about, it's about a, uh, a fat, mean old rat named Regulus sitting inside uh, a wall, not a particular wall, but inside a wall um, with his uh, kingdom of mice. Uh, and there's three mice in particular who service him, uh, who are his... Uh, not slaves, but, uh, you know, his servants and really taking care of his day-to-day uh, -day life. And no matter how uh, much effort these three mice put into caring for him, uh, he's still very cruel, um, doesn't really understand the value of friendship. Uh, and every, you know, personal fault you can, you know, try to imagine uh, that a person might have, uh, Regulus is somehow confronting on some level. And uh, one day these mice decide that his treatment of them is enough and uh, steal all of his uh, cheese because in the story cheese is his, uh, you know, most uh, valued possession. And it forces Regulus not only to uh, confront starvation, you know, because now he doesn't have any cheese to eat, but it pushes him onto this path of self-discovery to really understand why he became the way that he is, how he needs to change his ways to, you know, better service his kingdom and specifically just get along with the people that are closest to him and really, uh, you know, become a, uh, a different person or a different rat in this case. Um, and that's kind of all I'll say because I don't want to spoil the ending or the story plot for anyone, but um, the regular story really uh, came out, um, you know, it popped in my mind after I had published my first children's book um, because since 2011, I had been publishing uh, different anthologies, poetry specifically. And uh, for years at this point, people had always told me, you have such a talent for communicating so many messages so many important lessons in such a few amount of words. Like, you know, we see that in your poetry, but like, why don't you try to attack the children's book marketplace? Like that's, you know, like try to make your work, uh, you know, understandable to the younger generation. And I said, you know, 
I don't really want to do that because, you know, the reason why I'd entered poetry in the first place was you sit here, even, you know, you and I today, Gigi, and we think, you know, how many uh, poets or significant poets do we know of of the last 50 years? And you can't really think of too many. And because it's, it's not just, you know, from the lack of, but it's from the genre not being as popular as it once was. So I originally went into poetry with the hopes of saying, okay, there's, you know, a smaller talent pool. Let me try to make my mark and be that standout guy, that standout author, you know, or that poet, you know, that really makes a difference, you know, in this day and age. And, you know, for a while, that's really where my path was uh, leading me. But uh, eventually there was this one day in senior year of high school where I was sitting down, uh, which is, you know, where I wrote uh, a number of different works uh, in the public, in the school library when I was there. Um, I had crafted this one poem and it turned into uh, this children's book, my first children's book, which was uh, My Darling Child Shiloh. And something about it was really, uh, was very poetic, but I saw that there was more meat to that sandwich than, you know, I originally had came across when I, you know, developed this idea. And so that was really the first time that I started getting celebrity attention, uh, doing book signings, uh, media interviews. Uh, I mean, just my presence as an author exploded in all these different directions. And there was all this, uh, you know, uh, this great attention around what I was doing. And so I told myself, I need to follow this up with something even bigger. And uh, I tell people all the time, and I know it sounds kind of weird, and many authors will relate to this, you know, everyone has the best ideas in very different environments. So my best ideas are either had in the bathroom or on the road, like driving my car. And so I don't know why that is. It's always been that way. And so I was on my way to or from a meeting. I, I can't really recollect what it was, but this was in 2017. Uh, and all of a sudden, the best ideas that you could have as an author or in general, I say, strike you like a bolt of lightning. And, you know, all of a sudden, something hit me and I started saying these words out loud as I was driving. I was like rat, mice, cheese, you know, inside this wall and just all these different ideas started to merge together. And then, you know, the story didn't really formulate at the level of, yeah, there's going to be this tyrannical figure, this rat overseeing these mice and he's going to go on this path of self-discovery. Like I didn't really figure any of that out yet. It really started with a name. And so I started really, this is how I did it. I started sounding out the name and I was like, Reg, you know, and so I almost called it Reginald instead of Regulus. And so I thought Reginald was a little bit too aggressive and hard to remember. And it was very rigid. So I was like, how about Regulus? And so I stuck with that. And typically, you know, even from the writing perspective, if there's a story that you cannot stop thinking about, and you need, and there's something in you compelling you to put it into words, you just need to do it. And so that's eventually what I did. So I remember sitting down one day at uh, the public library uh, for about four or five hours and typed out uh, the original manuscript of Regulus. And with many of my works, I've never gone back to 
severely edit or review my work uh, or have it peer reviewed. Uh, once I've really touched it and have considered it done, I leave it where it's at. And that's what I did with Rayo. So people are still really amazed that A, I wrote the book in one day and B, I never went back to edit anything in the story once I wrote it. And three years later coming to today, this is the work that defines uh, Aaron Ozy, you know, has made me into this the celebrity author figure, you know, that, uh, you know, people look up to now, you know, that children are aspiring to be because I was able to take something out of nothing and develop it into this, this culture, you know, the something that is uh, universally relatable. And, uh, you know, so there's definitely, uh, you know, it came from a very humble, experimental, very strange idea and, you know, turned my whole writing career upside down uh, for the better and uh, pushed me to this point where I'm at. So. That's absolutely an amazing story. Thank you for sharing that with us, Aaron. And you are a star. Recently, you were awarded a star. That's right. Yeah. So I, um, there was uh, a very unique opportunity that came away. I collaborate with a number of different celebrities and influential figures, political figures. And uh, out in California, um, there is the Hollywood Walk of Fame, as many of you watching know. And uh, what people don't know is that for the past four decades, the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce has only commissioned one artist to really create each individual star. His name's Carmine Gagolia. And he um, has worked on a number of different film projects, very big motion pictures, uh, but specifically that is his primary gig is working with the Chamber of Commerce to create these stars. So all the pictures that you see of stars being awarded their little plaque uh, or like their miniature version of the star, he's the one that creates those. So it's very rare that he actually reaches out to someone who is excelling in a specific industry and says, hey, I'd love to collaborate with you and recommend you for a star on the walk of fame. And so, uh, you know, because of COVID there wasn't really a physical ceremony for it, but you know, things were done virtually for it, um, as were for many other stars at the time. Uh, and I was presented with this, uh, this plaque, uh, this actual miniature star of how it would look like, uh, on the walk of fame. And, you know, I was just so excited to receive that. And, uh, I felt very honored just because Carmine is, you know, getting older. Uh, you know, he's been doing this for 40 years. So, you know, uh, unfortunately he's probably not going to be around for much longer. So for me, even at my age to have gotten the chance to collaborate with him on this level and to have gotten into this point with the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce, I mean, I think is very special, um, you know, and it's something that I'll never forget. So, but uh, I'm glad that you brought that up though. Yeah, that's something very recently that happened. Yes, that is wonderful. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Now, tell us more about the major challenge that you had to overcome in your life. So, um, you know, there's there's been many things that I've had to overcome to actually become Aaron Ozy, right? And, you know, I say that not from like a an egotistical perspective, but I mean, it's true. I mean, you know, I'm not the typical writer anymore. I'm not, you know, really in those average ranks. You know, I've, I've elevated myself to this, this star figure, you know, this someone who is recognized on, you know, multiple, you know, corners of the globe, you know, for his work. And uh, I didn't get to this point just from, 
you know, following the normal ways and trying to sit sit quietly and hope that everything would just happen because I wanted it to happen. Um, you know, there uh, was a number of different challenges that I faced early on. My mom uh, has been divorced a number of different times. So she's been remarried six times at this point. Um, so constantly changing households was a thing for me when I was growing up. Uh, and especially visiting with my dad and his other family was very difficult because, you know, I had to leave my mom and, you know, I was being tugged between two different households, two different family lives. Um, and uh, my mom, you know, some of the men that she has been with, you know, have been quite abusive, you know, mentally and physically. And so at the time when I was in the beginning of high school um, and I had no books written at this point, I was really just dabbling in novels and screenplays and poetry, you know, really just started getting on that route. Um, I, uh, um, I, I found myself, you know, between a rock and a hard place, as they call it, you know, really pinned between two angles was, you know, stuck at home with my mother's abusive husband, you know, and him delivering that, you know, uh, unwanted behavior, unwanted, you know, uh, energy onto us. And then me going into high school and dealing with, you know, friend related drama and everyone out there listening right now can understand what I mean. You know, everyone deals with drama through school, you know, that's the perfect term to use. Um, and so I felt like I was, I, I couldn't escape anywhere. And so unfortunately, uh, you know, this was really just from a lack of oversight from my parents and from my friends and everyone else around me. I started to self-inflict uh, and had suicidal thoughts and it was very uh, damaging to my health. And uh, unlike, you know, most kids, you know, that don't seek help or don't offer uh, themselves up to say, yeah, I need help, um, you know, to get past what I'm feeling, uh, you know, and that was typical, that was the case for a number of people that I knew at the time, they were too afraid to share uh, what was going on with themselves with other people. I, uh, my mom was seeing, uh, started to see, uh, which became her future husband, uh, or one of her future husbands at the time was this guy that she had known for a number of years, who was a firefighter. And I remember uh, sending him a message one day uh, when I was in class and I said, I just need to get out of here. I'm like, I, I feel like I'm in such a bad place. I need to be treated for what I am experiencing. And so that's really what happened. And so during this two week sabbatical in this, uh, you know, behavioral uh, facility, I really, you know, confronted my fears and, you know, talked about what was bothering me with other like-minded individuals and, you know, the staff that was there as well and uh, overcame a lot of personal demons and developed a lot of coping strategies to move forward in a good way. And after I had left that facility, you know, I, it was my, uh, uh, my main goal to repair relationships with my mother uh, and other people in my family was to eliminate friends in my inner circle and was to focus on something greater in life than just being a student or trying to grow up or focusing on college. You know, I, I, I've always told myself, even from a young age, I'm not going to be another statistic. You know, I'm not going to be just an average person that gets lost in the folds of time. I just want to be someone that sticks out like a sore thumb. And so, uh, you know, that's at which that point I have the realization that I needed to turn my work into just dabblings uh, in notebooks into an actual 
a book and start a career around that. And that was really uh, one of the first stepping stones that, you know, had to be crossed to get to where I'm at today. And this was back when I was 15 years old and I'm 24 now. And so there's definitely been a significant uh, journey that has been traveled to get to this point. So, um, you know, as for many successful people, including yourself, Gigi, I mean, we all didn't get here just by crossing our fingers and closing our eyes and saying, oh, yeah, one day it's going to happen. We actually need to split things open ourselves and push forward ourselves in order to make you know, our lives into what we want it to be, you know, what, the, what we want them to be at the end of the day, you know, it's not just going to mir miraculously land on our lap. So uh, I feel like there's definitely been a lot of climbing uh, on this mountain to reach success. But even today with everything that I've achieved, I still don't consider myself a successful person. And I think you and everyone else would disagree with me. But, you know, in my perspective, once I've been able to achieve something, which you know, there's, as you know, there's been many great things that I've achieved in just my short years and especially with Regulus in particular, but there's still more work left for me to be done. But, you know, I really now more than ever have learned how to appreciate the success that I've been able to cut out of this larger pie instead of thinking that, oh, I need to be the best of the best standing on top of the world over everyone else and there's nothing else to it. It's really, you know, even some of the greatest names in history of all time, everyone is forgotten eventually at some point. There's a meteor probably floating around the earth right now that's about to destroy us and every everything that's going on didn't even matter for anything. But, you know, we're, we're here now and we need to appreciate the everyday experiences that we have. And, you know, I could, you know, past tomorrow and I would be happy with what I've achieved because I've been able to settle with the fact that I've, you know, uh, acquired the goals that I've always had since I was a very young person. And, you know, when I started writing and, you know, as long as you can be satisfied with that little slice of success that you've been able to carve out for yourself, then nothing else truly matters, right? And you just need to be happy with what you have. So, you know, but there's definitely been a lot from coming from all these struggles from earlier in life and learning all these different things and developing is not just a person, but is a professional and getting to the point where I'm at today to be able to share, you know, messages like this with you and children and other adults around the world. So. That is very inspiring. Now tell us more about a time in your life where you experienced an aha moment. Mm. Well, um, I would say one experience would come from, uh, you know, I, I hate to single out Regulus, but that's what mostly what people know me for. And I think, you know, this example would be uh, very good to bring up uh, is um, I've always done things to promote Regulus in a way that is not like a traditional children's author would promote their work or an author would promote their work. It's not just, Hey, I wrote this book and I'm trying to get it on as many bookshelves as possible and do all these book signings and Ooh, maybe there's some, you know, a movie deal in store. Like I'm, I'm not trying to follow the traditional path. So there's been many, I, I tell myself this all the time. And I, I told myself this at one point, it, it has really driven me, you know, in the way that I have gone, you know, over the past few years, it's how can I, develop not only a culture or a phenomenon around this book that I've created, but it's what are children's book authors not doing to promote their book. It's the not that really 
uh, you know, stands out, you know, and that's the thing that really drives you to think alternatively, you know, as to what else could be done, you know, what are the opportunities that are being overlooked? What are people not seeing as opportunities in the industry to actually get themselves out there? And I'm not just talking about promoting your work, I'm talking about you promoting yourself as the creator, right? You know, it's it's one and the same because, you know, your creation is, you know, it should be part of the creator, you know, and like I, I tell people all the time, Regulus is my firstborn child, you know, because, you know, it came, he came from me and he's gotten to where he's at today, you know, because of my efforts, you know, I'm working collaboratively, collaboratively with him, you know, in that whole storyline. And so uh, one of the uh, other worldly things I did, and I say that you know, with a purpose, um, there was a company that I came across, uh, name is escaping me, but it was like a novelty kind of marketing stunt where, um, it was a comp it's a real company. They take messages, uh, and convert them into binary code to send them into deep space. And every year on that day that you submitted that message, they'll re send it out there. So even after, you know, the world is gone, uh, your message will still be traveling out there somewhere in space. So I decided to take the regular manuscript, break it into three pieces and do that. And it was just kind of like a, a little novelty thing just to gauge people's attention. And, you know, uh, there was a many uh, fans who really took notice to that. And one of them in particular was having a, uh, a beer with me at the bar and said, you know, Aaron, he's like, you know, it's funny for a second. I really thought that you sent a copy of your book into space. And I still remember what I said to him to this day. I, I just laughed and I said, well, that's impossible. And impossible is not part of my vocabulary, you know, and I'm always a big believer in the alternative that there's another way to do things. And so that uh, moment really triggered something in me where I was like, oh, like there may be an opportunity here to actually somehow send a copy of my book into space maybe. <laughs> and so I started doing some research and started talking with different college professors that I had had and, uh, other industry experts, um, even former consultants from NASA and was just trying to figure out, you know, how I could send an independent object, up into space and somehow get footage recorded of it. And, you know, it, it was kind of hard for me to figure out. And so eventually I came across this company called Sent Into Space. Um, and it was really the one, only one of its kind and really still one of the only ones out there to this day. Um, this was just a number of years ago. Um, and they came to me and said, oh yeah, sure. We can, we have this program where we can send personal objects into space and, you know, get 4k video recorded and all these other things, but it's going to cost you a half a million dollars, you know? And, uh, it was like a quarter of a million or half a million dollars. I mean, it was some very large figure. And I, I said, I'm like, there's no way that I would be able to pay that for one or consider paying that. I'm like, that seems ridiculous. And, you know, I tried to work with them to break the price down and tried to explore other, um, options with, you know, uh, weather professors and just every path that I could explore. And I was ready to give up entirely and just set it aside. And one day I was sitting at my computer and I got a message or I got a, a some, it really was a like, uh, someone liked a post of mine on Instagram and their account was just orbit pics. That was their username. And, uh, I started looking at all their pictures that they had on there 
And they were pictures and video of what the sent into space company was promising to give, you know, for a quarter million or half a million dollars, whatever the quote was. And so I just decided to message this person just out of the blue and say, Hey, I'm like, you know, this is kind of what I'm trying to do. It's a guy uh, by the name of Thomas Nibala living up in um, uh, Ontario, Canada. And he used to uh, be an aerospace engineer and was very familiar with uh, high-end weather technology and basically was able to form a collaboration with me to say, okay, I'll send a copy of your book into space in exchange for some publicity, you know, because he said he was trying to promote a business, uh, trying to make sending objects into space like ashes or other memorables, you know, from loved ones, you know, as like a business and, you know, really wanted to use the influence of a celebrity being me to get it out there. And uh, I said, yeah, I'm like, this would be great. So for about uh, a number of months, we planned and really made this uh, launch uh, in, you know, of this book uh, of, of, you know, Regulus into space. And uh, originally uh, it failed on the first attempt, uh, but on the second, uh, we were able to put together a second launch within a month following uh, the initial failure um, and actually got it up there and, you know, was able to capture 4K video on a GoPro and uh, that's available on my YouTube channel now. And uh, it's still, I mean, to this day, the first American children's book to be sent into space, physically into space. And, you know, that's something I'm very proud of. And so from that moment, you know, I know that was a big explanation getting to this point, Gigi, but, you know, the main importance of this is after I did that, I said, okay, where else can I take the book? Where else can I send the book and really get the same pub publicity, the same buzz around this? So I said, well, I've sent it to the most extreme environment, no demand being space. How can I take it a step down? And so I ended up sending it to Mount Everest. Uh, the Galapagos Islands, where Charles Darwin did his research for the theory of evolution, uh, the Chernobyl nuclear disaster zone, uh, the exclusion zone uh, where the nuclear power plant exploded, uh, the DMZ in North Korea, um, the Bermuda Triangle. And so th there just came to be this you know, theme that was going on that was started, started by my fan base. It was like, where is Regulus in the world today? And I mean, this is just one of the many uh, experimental and unorthodox and like unheard of uh, ways of marketing that I put to good use uh, to take my book from just being a book into something else, into something greater, like a, a bigger message that people could, you know, get behind, you know, can relate with. So. Wow. That is absolutely amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Now, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness? So as I kind of touched on it before, uh, for a long time, I really thought that, um, you know, in order to be the author that I always wanted to be, and not even really just an author, but an entrepreneur, a person of interest, I needed to pick my specific field, you know, find where my core values met um, and try to be 
the biggest, you know, person out of that group, you know, to try to, you know, stomp over everyone. I'm, I'm not saying that aggressively, but just to be, you know, uh, bigger than everyone else or do things that no one else really had ever done. And, you know, and a lot of my work from what I've done, yeah, I mean, there are many things that I've done that no one else has ever done. And I'm very proud of that fact, but, you know, I'm not going to be the next Leo DiCaprio or Brad Pitt or Akon or, you know, any of the other celebrities that I've, you know, had the pleasure of meeting, you know, and because everyone has different, uh, you know, resources available to them. Everyone grows up in different areas of the world. Uh, everyone has certain privileges and, you know, disadvantages. So it's really, you know, as that saying goes, you know, you're, you're dealt the cards that you are, you know, you have to just deal with the hand that you have and, you know, make the best of it. So, you know, for a while, you know, it was just this constant go, 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 go and do all these things. And I did all those things. And I said, okay, the next thing is going to be for me to send my book into space. And that's really going to make it for me. And, oh, wait, no, the next thing is going to be to have all these celebrities pay attention to me or to have this movie made off my book. And it's this and that and that. And then I eventually get to the, this point where I have all these things. And what do I say to myself? I'm like, well, now I have these things, but I still want more. You know, and I think that just kind of delves into human nature that we're always going to be ambitious, or at least most of us are, and just want more than we actually have. And that's okay to feel that way, but at the end of the day, it should not control your life. So really being able to walk down that path, as you put it, and be able to appreciate the steps that you are taking versus the ones that you're not. I think is very important for people to remember, you know, because like I said, I'm 24 years old, just about to, to turn 25 in the next uh, month or so here. And I'm still a very young person can, can, you know, compared to most people that I do business with or people that I know. And, uh, you know, I feel so grateful that I've been able to achieve the things that I have with the limited resources that I did have for so long you know, and being able to assert myself as this, uh, you know, this person who uh, can help others uh, achieve what they want most in this life, you know, so but it's not all about business. It's not all about money. It's not all about these man made structures that we abide by every single day. At the end of the day, we only live once or at least we think so. And with even with that thought, we need to, you know, just value every moment that we're given, you know, and be happy with the success, at least defined by our own terms that we're able to achieve. So I think that's just very important for everyone to know. So value every moment that we are given. Very inspiring. Thank you, Aaron, and for being a guest on Walk With Yes Network. Oh, uh, looks like uh, Gigi disconnected here. And where can the audience find you, Aaron? We were having a technical issue. <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah, no, no worries. Um, everyone can find me at my website at AaronOzzy.com or find me anywhere on social, just at Aaron Ozzy. 
um, you know, just search my name, even Google it, and uh, you'll uh, find what you're looking for very easily. Um, and I'll just making making an offer to everyone watching this broadcast now. If there's anyone that uh, was really inspired by what I had to share today um, and uh, has been looking for that one person to really give them that extra nudge of encouragement or is looking for some insight and how to get started in a specific industry. It doesn't have to be writing. It can be anything in general. Um, you know, please feel free to reach out to me and, you know, ask questions because I remember what it was like when I was young, 15 years old, just publishing my first book and I didn't really know what I was doing and I didn't have anyone holding my hand and trial and error was just like an everyday practice for me. And now I'm finally at this point where I've been there and done that, you know, time and time and again, and I'm able to share those experiences with people who, you know, were formerly in my position. So if there's anyone out there that's looking for, you know, that helping hand, you know, hopefully I can be that person for you, or at least, you know, point you in the right direction to where you're flying straight. So I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out Aaron at AaronOZ.com and also ozholdings.com. And Aaron, thank you again for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. Thank you so much, Gigi, for having me on today. And uh, I hope we continue to speak. And everyone, including yourself listening, God bless. God bless.